This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Hello, everyone. It is once again the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt presenting to you yet another episode of Radio Techers. And on this episode, Mags and I talk more about the Premier League games that took place on Sunday that we didn't have a chance to talk about on last episode. Uh, we also talk a little bit about uh, the Champions League, obviously. Big stuff going on there in the Champions League. And uh, we also talk about uh, the potential for a European Super League. A lot of uh, steam is building up there for that. Mags and I talk about how this has happened and what is to be uh, come of all this. What are the ramifications? Who does it benefit? And uh, all the like. Uh, with that being said, make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to podcasts, be it iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, or anywhere else for that matter. With that being said, uh, also please check out Shooting the Sports-ish on YouTube where you can actually find uh, video episodes of Radio Techers, just like this one, uh, on the page. So make sure to subscribe there, hit the bell for notifications, and hit the like button for all of the Radio Techers episodes uh, that are available. That being said, thank you to whoever you are and wherever you are for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy today's show. Welcome, everybody, to yet another episode of Radio Techers. I'm, of course, the Texas gentleman, Tanner Pruitt. And as always with me here, my good friend and co-host, the hardest working man, genuinely, in all of podcasting, my good friend and yours, Mags. Mags, how are you doing today? I'm doing really, really well. Watched a hell of a lot of football highlights in prep for this show. Uh, Then to be usurped by the big news of the European Super League, which made me watching the the highlights pretty redundant. (laughs) So Uh, thank you. (laughs) uh, Yes, highlights are very important this time of year, uh, all things considered, especially because the champions. Yes, it is the Champions League. Uh, We are uh, we're doing that again. Once again, <laughs> um, so we'll we'll get to talking a little bit about it, and we'll we'll maybe uh, uh, 
pick each other's brains, maybe pick your brains, the listener, as uh, to maybe what you think of the Champions League. Um, but uh, as you brought up here, we do need to cover some Premier League coverage as well. And um, we covered a lot of Saturday's games, uh, we cover, uh, but we did not cover Sunday's games. So I guess we'll, we'll go ahead and get through those real quick here, Mags. Um, Let's do it. Lowest scoring Sunday yet. It is 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 my headline for the Premier League, and and that's with a three apiece draw, and it was the lowest scoring Sunday. That's how how is that even making any lick of sense? <laughs> I, I mean, these are these are the questions. These these are the right questions. Uh, let's see here. Sunday's games we had. Um, let's see here. Sheffield United and Fulham one one draw apiece. Crystal mm-hmm. Palace versus Brighton. 1-1 draw apiece with a red card for Brighton. A 3-3 draw for um, uh, Tottenham and West Ham. And a collapse from 3-0 up from Tottenham. A, a total collapse. And and I think that'll be the first game that we'll cover uh, right away here. Aston Villa proving that they are absolute money. Got a 1-0 win over Leicester. Uh, West Brom versus Burnley took the crown for the lowest scoring affair so far this season. The first, the first ever nil-nil draw. <laughs> See, I'm, pr- I'm proud of Burnley. I'm proud of him. <laughs> hey, you didn't concede and you didn't lose. So this is was, this good to news. Be fair, that game was a goalkeeping masterclass. Uh, both Sam Johnston and um, Nick Paul were absolutely outstanding in the goals uh, and to be fair Burnley should have won the game uh, we should have had a penalty uh, in the first half and in the second half Chris Wood hit the bar twice with headers uh, so yeah uh, quite a frustrating game but the fact is we, we're now off the off the the, the, the we've got we're in the points now so I mm. can't be that bitter about it you gotta start somewhere this is a good place to start <laughs> Um and then and then Leeds fell to Wolves, uh one nil. Um, let, let's talk about the 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 big story coming out of Sunday, which is Tottenham went three nil up, and then they brought on Gareth Bale, <laughs> and the rest is history, folks. Um, mm-hmm. no, th- this was a, a tightly contested contest. Um, really towards the end of the game, uh, Tottenham went up. Uh, 2-0 within the first 10 minutes, scored another goal by Harry Kane in the 16th minute. Um, and then kind of just a, a period of uh, just real battle back and forth between the two teams. Uh, Tottenham seemed to keep control. Um, but uh, yeah, around the 80th second minute mark, uh, Bal- Balbuena scored a goal. 85th minute, uh, Sanchez scored an own goal on, on his own team for uh, on Tottenham. And then Lanzini scored a goal in the 94th minute uh, to, to seal the comeback uh, draw. Um, Mags, I, I really uh, put Spurs up there along with Chelsea and Arsenal as potential co- uh, title contenders uh, with uh, Liverpool's recent uh, injury issues. Um, I still have some belief in Spurs, uh, but this did not... <laughs> <laughs> this did not, uh, I, I guess, favor me any at all when I'm making that statement. 
No, and this started so well, though. 3 0 up after 16 minutes. It was a, another uh, showing from Son and Harry Kane how their kind of sixth sense as a, as a, as a tandem just works so brilliantly. The, the ball from, from Kane for Son's goal after what, 46 seconds was mm-hmm. sublime. He paid it back uh, beautifully after eight, and then Kane. Uh, got his second uh, from I think it was a, a Sergio Regalon um, assist. Kane probably should have had a hat trick when he uh, when he uh, cracked a, a shot against the the post, which uh, which left the West Ham keeper basically grasping at air. But what a comeback from from uh, West Ham! Uh, Valbuena's header. Uh, we th- we thought, oh well, it's it's kind of a consolation, and then. Uh, Davidson Sanchez, I saw heartbreaking for him pointing to his own goal. It was actually a really well-taken header. I think uh, any attacker would have been happy with that. But what a way to 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 grasp a, a point by uh, Manuel Lanzini. An absolutely stunner of a goal. Um, so that's the kind of goal that, that uh, Tanner would would absolutely drool over. Um, almost got to, uh, got to it from uh, Lloris, but in off the bar, Great finish and what a great point for for West Ham. Yeah, no, it, it was a it was a great point. I loved that goal. Um, I I thought this was a a, a good game that uh, that I didn't expect to be a good game. When I saw uh, Tottenham go up three nil, I thought that that was it was completely over. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, yeah, I, 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 I for some reason I stuck through watching it and that. Uh, that was incredible. I think we even touched on it a little bit um, on, on Sunday when we last spoke. But yeah, uh, yeah, just incredible, yeah, absolutely incredible. Um, let's see here. I mean, uh, tactically speaking, statistically speaking, yeah, uh, it, it it it's just it, it's another one of those Jekyll and Hyde displays from Spurs here. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a Jose Mourinho led. Spurs team, what? I mean, what does this man need to do to get this team consistent? Because this is very <laughs> odd of, of of a team that he's managed. Yeah, especially this is the team that spanked Man United all over the pitch, and then uh, we're well on the way to spanking West Ham and uh, a ten minute collapse, and then all of a sudden they've dropped three points. Mental. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you you would think that with the dominance that they had in the first. Uh, opening twenty minutes of the game, that that it would be a a blowout here. But again, stat, statistically speaking, Tottenham eleven shots on target, uh, West Ham thirteen, uh, mm-hmm. or uh, I'm sorry, these are shots in total. Six shots on target from Tottenham, four shots on target from West Ham. Uh, possession wise, you're looking at about fifty two percent for Spurs, forty eight for West Ham. Uh, passes are almost even. Pass accuracy is completely even. I mean, what? <laughs> it, it, it has draw written all over it. It was just the mm-hmm. clinical finishing in the first fifteen minutes, uh, and and Spurs should have had that game sealed up, but mm-hmm. they they collapsed and uh, let West Ham back in, and West Ham kicked that door back down. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you make of Gareth Bale subbing on, making his first uh, appearance back in the league since uh, he left for Real Madrid? Um, he didn't do a lot when he came on. He had a good run uh, and shot, which could have uh, could have put the game uh, to bed. Uh, but I think 
it'll be more interesting to see what happens when he's when he starts and when he gets uh, quite a lot of game time rather than like a a few kind of like minutes just to introduce him back to the team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to um, Aston Villa versus Leicester, which crazy enough has uh, title implications so early here in the season. <laughs> um, Aston Villa held out. Uh, uh, got the victory here. Uh, they are in second place with a game in hand, twelve points. Mm-hmm. Twelve points. Um, the uh, the winner here scored by Ross Barkley, who seems to be a real piece of business uh, for Aston Villa. Um, Mags, um, should should everyone take Aston Villa seriously going forward? I mean, obviously they crushed uh, Liverpool. Uh, they've had an excellent display against Leicester, who are also in the top four at this point. Um, I, I mean, I would have never seen this coming in a million years, but uh, I mean, how seriously should be should people be taking uh, Aston Villa right now? Deadly serious. I mean, they they beat two teams in the top three. Uh, it's not like they they're crushing uh, sides like uh, West Brom or Sheffield United or Brighton, they're beating the teams around them. So uh, I think I think the other clubs should be definitely looking at uh, looking at Aston Villa. And this, again, was an, another game run by Jack Grealish. He was so, so impressive. Um, I felt that uh, Tielemans also had a good game for, for Leicester. And, and this was as drab of a game as it was to watch. There was there were still quite, uh, quite a few bright sparks. Uh, Fafana... Did well on his on his debut, uh, but the the goal from uh, Barkley he's, he's been a revelation since since he came to Villa. Uh, well deserved, and Villa absolutely deserved the three points. Absolutely, man. No, absolutely. Um, it was it was an interesting game. It was it was at times a little bit hard to watch too because it's just mm-hmm. like it just felt like a little bit of a drag, but. Aston Villa is a really exciting team to watch when the when the play is really open. I think what what um, Leicester tried to do is to is to try and put a stranglehold on the game and and make Aston Villa conform to that. Um, but of course, Ross Barkley, uh, former Chelsea man, broke through, got the goal in the ninety first minute. Um, yeah, good game. Um, I think uh, it just shows that that maybe Leicester. Rely so much on Vardy for for their forward play. I mean, uh, as much as as I liked Iheanacho when he was at City, he him and uh, Slimani just just didn't have that kind of a killer instinct that that Vardy provides. Mm-hmm. Um, so some ongoing controversy uh, within Aston Villa. Um, Jack Grealish um, has been continuously snubbed for a spot in the England national team. Um, what 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 is what is England management thinking right now? What why why won't they play Jack Grealish? It it seems to be almost like a vendetta mm. uh, with uh, Gareth Southgate not picking Jack Grealish. Uh, he's been he's been absolutely outstanding for for the last two seasons. There's no reason why he shouldn't at least be. In the in the the the, the sixteen uh, to start the game, never never mind the starting eleven. Uh, yeah, I, I can't explain why he's not in the game because he's absolutely ripping teams apart 
in the Premier League, and that he should be a shoe in for the for the for the national side. But yeah, it just keeps getting overlooked by by uh, Southgate, and it just it doesn't make a lick of sense. Right, right. It's it 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 doesn't make any sense to me, man. I I think that he's he would add a real sense of. Uh, I, I guess dynamics and a real sense of danger into that that England team, um, and there's a lot of really special talents that he could you know be paired up with, mm-hmm. um, you know. Plus, um, forgive me, Villa fans, I, I don't mean to attack you here, but um, considering Villa's schedule, they don't do Champions League right now. They're not in the Champions League. Uh, at least now, right? They're not in the Champions League. Maybe this, maybe this season, time, not, maybe, yeah, maybe this maybe time next, next year. <laughs> um, if there is a Champions League, we'll talk about that for sure. Um, but he, he's not playing Champions League uh, football. Uh, I mean, there, there there's not a whole lot of um, commitments that Jack Grealish has to make outside of the Premier League. Uh, I mean, this seems like a low risk, high reward here for England. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and he's he's in the form of his life, and he has been for a long, long time. He he controls games, and it's something that that clearly England could could use. Uh, if you look at how we played against Denmark, we could definitely use someone who can can grab a game by the scruff of its neck and 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 be that forward attacking line that we we desperately needed. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so we'll see. Hopefully, Jack Grealish makes it into England. I've got my fingers crossed here. <laughs> yep. Uh, Burnley, West Brom. Nil-nil draw. Mags, yeah. you've got points I mean, on the board. I've said all I've really needed to say about this game. I thought that uh, it, it was actually a really exciting game to watch. It was very end-to-end. Uh, both teams had some great chances. Dean Garner is just a joy to watch when he's on the ball. Uh, but this was great goalkeeping by both uh, Sam Johnston for, for West Brom and, and Nick Pope. Uh, there was a there was a, a period where Nick Pope saved three shots in five seconds. Just if, if that guy is not England's number one after the performances of Jordan Pickford, uh, I don't know what else he could do for the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Wood should have had goals. Um, he, he's been known throughout his career as someone who can, can put the, the ball in the net with a header, and he had two brilliant chances that, that both clipped the bar. Uh, in, the, in the first half, we, we probably should have, uh, should have had a penalty when um, I think it was... Uh, um, Ashley Barnes, I want to say, was crowded out by the the, the West Brom defence, uh, but it, it wasn't to be. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's a point on the board for Burnley. Uh, we were kind of like really uh, struggling to 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 make our mark on this season. Hopefully, this is where we can kick on and and uh, build up uh, quite a few good results and, and climb up the table. Um, the 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 main talking point about this game for me, though. Is, uh, is something that I mentioned to you just before we were recording. Uh, this was one of the the six Premier League games that uh, the uh, the Premier League decided to sell at fourteen pound ninety five to to just to to try and double dip into the pockets of the fans, and uh, obviously that was courted a lot of controversy, and the. The reports have come out saying that only 74 fans actually bought this game, which uh, 
it's a massive, massive slap in the face for the Premier League who wanted to to kind of use this as a way to to get extra funds in. But that for me is not the the big talking point. The big talking point mm-hmm. is the fact that Burnley fans, um, they they we're a fickle breed. Those Burnley fans, we're very, very. Um, we're not very thought well of. There's a lot of uh, hatred for Burnley, but we as a fan base could have done something we can be very, very proud of. Um, instead of paying the £14.95 for this game, uh, a big section of the Burnley fans actually donated to a, a just giving for a local food bank and we uh, we raised the best part of £30,000 for that food bank in, in just a couple of hours. So, yeah, rather than watch this uh, this nil-nil draw uh, legally, obviously, uh, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of fans uh, put their hand in the pocket and, and donated to charity, which is I think is absolutely amazing, and, and Burnley fans should be absolutely commended for that. Absolutely, absolutely. And on an unrelated note, I hear American VPN... Uh, uh, items are, are selling through the roof in England. Um, unrelated note, though. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, that's that's excellent. That's certainly something that you guys should be very, very proud of, and and you know, really hats off to you because I I haven't heard of any other Premier League club doing anything of the sort. Uh, so you know, uh, hats off to the Burnley fan base uh, for for doing the right thing. Really, let's be honest with each other. Um, <laughs> So yeah, good stuff there uh, from the Premier League. I've got a couple of other news items, and then we will swiftly move along to the um, the Champions League, uh, and, and we can talk a little bit about that. Um, news coming out of Arsenal: Mesut Ozil, for the first time in his Arsenal career, not named for the EPL squad. Mm. That yeah. is quite something. He put out a notice. Uh, or rather kind of an open letter to his fans regarding it, talking about how disappointed he was, that he's going to continue to fight. Um, Mags, I mean, I know he hasn't played for Arsenal regularly under Arteta, under Unai Emery. Um, even towards the end of, of Wenger's run, his his game time was waning. Um, he is still a very, very talented uh, performer. Um, you know, b- before Thiago went to Liverpool this summer, um, the the signing that always impressed me the most, as far as a, a player of technical skill and technical talent, was Mesut Ozil going to Arsenal. I thought that he he's simply a class above ninety eight percent of footballing talents out there on the planet. Um, but for whatever reason, he he does not have a uh, an opportunity in Mikel Arteta's squad. What gives? Yeah. Uh, uh, it's inexplicable. Absolutely inexplicable. This guy was a world beater when he, when he signed for Arsenal. Yeah. He was in the, it was in the prime of his career when he left Real Madrid to come to, to Arsenal. And he was kind of like the, the Thiago of, of that season where it was, an eye opener that a player of this caliber was willing to come to the Premier League, and um, whilst he can definitely go anonymous during games and uh, and uh, disappear, mm-hmm. he's always had that kind of ability to win a game from from a single moment, and it, it just amazes me that a team like Arsenal were paying three hundred thousand pounds a week for this player can't find a use for him. 
that that absolutely blows my mind. Um, and I just feel for for the guy because it's almost like he's not ever going to be given the opportunity to to prove himself under Arteta. Under Arteta. And yeah, it's just it, it it's sad that a talent like Mesut Ozil is being cast away like this. It's it's such a such a waste. What can Mesut Ozil do now at this point? I mean, is I, I I'm not I can't say that I've checked in on Arsenal's um, uh, Champions League not Champions League squad. I guess they're not in it this year, are they? Hmm. <laughs> Cheeky. Um, I, but like any of the other competitions, I like I don't know what what squad details that they put out for any other competitions that they're in. But uh, like, there's got to be some place that he can play, right? I mean, could he cancel his contract? Would you cancel a three hundred thousand pound a week contract, though? If I was dying to play, yeah. I mean, I, I would consider doing that. I mean, he he he's very uh, very um, I, I guess very stern in this article, this 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 post that he made that he is willing to stay and fight for his place and, and to and to and to do something. But I I, I don't see. I don't see a door there. I don't see where he gets into the squad. So from what I would read from that, if he's willing to stay and fight for his place, means he wants the £300,000 a week. Because <laughs> if if you were more interested in playing, you would, have, you would have seen the writing on the wall a long time ago. It's not like this has only just happened this season. This is two, three seasons of being on on the sidelines watching uh, Arsenal bringing players to replace you mm. and and you not getting a look in. If you were that desperate to play, you would have moved on a long time or you would have you would have done what Thiago Silva did and uh, you would have took a pay cut to go and get football somewhere. The fact that he's saying he wants to stay in fight for his place means he wants that three hundred thousand pound a week. And well, he's going to ride that contract out and then move on afterwards. Well, I'm I'm sure that uh, <laughs> I'm sure that uh, that, that uh, his wife does not mind. I, I hear that no. they love it in London. Uh, they've got a family now. Uh, he's got to support Gunnar Soros. Um, you know, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's he, a... he's 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 got he's got, <laughs> he's got a Gunnar Soros's wage to pay for. Wow. <laughs> He's probably he's probably got a little like a little dinosaur house like outside in the in the, in the garden uh, for Gunnersaurus. Uh, so. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, no, I, I like I said, I always liked and respected Mesut Ozil, um, and uh, yeah, it's it was very surprising to me that he was not named in the squad at all. Um, yeah. A story with a little bit of the inverse here: uh, someone was named to a squad. That, that that I didn't even comprehend was an option. Uh, we're, we're moving over, of course, to Chelsea. Um, Chelsea has named four goalkeepers to their squad. They've got they've got Mendy, they've got Kepa, they've got um, Caballero, uh, Caballero, and they added Petr Cech, who hasn't played for Chelsea in what five, six years. Yeah, and he was brought back after retiring at Arsenal yeah. uh, to be the goalkeeping coach. And now he's been named... I mean, if you're Kepa, you, you've seen the amount of headlines wrote about how inept you are. You've seen your manager bring in <laughs> a new keeper to replace you. 
And then the manager's going, do you know what? The person who's showing you how to be a keeper is also in the squad. Uh, what do you do? I mean, four keepers seems overkill for me. Um, that could have gone to an outfield player, but that's just rubbing it in the face of, of, of Kepa. Uh, how old is Czech? I think he's, what, 38, maybe 39 he's, years old? He's nearly 40 years old. Yeah. And if push come to shove and you only had Kepa and Check to pick it, it's it's a hard choice. I'd start Check. I would start Check. I would tell him, look, get suit up, get the gloves, yep. <laughs> duff, get, dust get off the rug, old get, gear. Rugby helmet, get your rugby helmet on and <laughs> get out there. Here, here, put on wow. this back brace. You know, you're going to need yep. it. Um. <laughs> wow. I, it It's mental. Okay. I, Kepa, just give up. You've, you've no chance. If if your teacher is getting a game before you, there's something wrong. Same question that I gave you about Ozil. If you're Kepa, what do you do? What what can you possibly do? Uh, to to do do you do you try and stay? Do you do you try and force a move in January? Like I, I mean, you're you're obviously the the writing is on the wall. You are obviously not wanted if if you mm-hmm. were putting Petter Check uh, as a an emergency option. Uh, your Chelsea is not wanting you on their their books, especially when Lampard's come out this week and said that uh, Edward Mendes is number one. Uh, that's that's the writing's on the wall there for Kepa. Uh, yeah. Will he want to do an Ozil and and keep that very very sweet uh, Premier League cash uh, because he's on a very very high wage? It's hard for uh, for Chelsea to to move him on because they paid so much for him in the first place. Uh, they're gonna lose a lot of money on him, and he's not out of the best of times. So his stock has gone down with a lot of a uh, lot of big clubs. So it may not be even a case of whether he wants to move on. It's a case of whether another club is willing to take a chance on him. Mm. Um, for me, I think he goes back to Spain. I think his um, his kind of a his dalliance with the Premier League hasn't worked. And when we've seen players who have come from uh, European leagues over to England and, and have struggled, they've gone back to their their home league, and, and they've seemed to have uh, seemed to have worked out really well for him. Take Morata for example; uh, he really struggled in 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 London, but when he's back in uh, Spain and Italy, he's absolutely just ripping teams apart so perhaps that's an option for him uh he may have to bite the bullet and and realize he's not going to get the the kind of pay he gets at chelsea uh but just to get out of that kind of that hell hole that he's in yeah uh, i think a move is definitely got to be on the cards mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I would say move back to spain uh if he was to move i i don't see him moving back to his former club at, at, at athletic club uh I, I a i don't think they've got the money B, no. um, they've already got their goal, their goalkeeper situation pretty well sorted out. Um, so he'll have to find a place. Um, but um, I, I do believe you're correct. I've, uh, Spain would probably be the number one destination in my mind. Maybe Italy after that. Mm. I think he could he could probably do fairly well just as long as he's not under uh, a sorry club. You know, uh, as long as sorry is not the manager, I think he'll be okay. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that's a. Uh, that's the Premier League in a nutshell right now, folks. Um, Pretty much. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Champions League. 
because the champions, the final ever Champions League. Oh, oh, uh, maybe, maybe not. We don't know yet. We'll have to find out uh, if it is the last ever one. Uh, but but what a season it would be. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I guess we should start where it all began on Tuesday. Uh, we had um, quite a number of games here. Match day one. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. Eight mm-hmm. games. Wow. Uh, probably the biggest one, the, uh, the one with the biggest headlines here, Manchester United, who seems to have been struggling for what seems like ages, uh, somehow toppled uh, PSG 2-1. So uh, former finalists of the uh, of last year's Champions League uh, tournament go down 2-1, uh, losing late, uh, thanks to Marcus Rashford. Um, Mags, what did you make of this match? I thought this was... This was end-to-end fun. Uh, Paris really put Man United to the sword, and uh, Wan-Bissaka, he had uh, uh, Mbappe in his pocket for a lot of the game. De Gea uh, played like the De Gea of five years ago, uh, pulling off outstanding save after outstanding save, but what a game for Axel Twanzebe. Wow. That young kid, with a team like Man United, who... uh, who have struggled defensively. Um, garbage. They're, yeah, they know, absolutely have been. They're, they're garbage. Uh, <laughs> where has this kid come from? Why has this kid not been playing before now? Because he was outstanding. Well, he's, outstanding. He's been on their roster for years, mm-hmm. hasn't he? Like yeah, I remember yeah. him like making his debut like a few years ago. Yep. It was it was just it was just superb. He he had an absolutely brilliant game. Uh Really, really uh, did well to keep both uh, Neymar and um, Mbappe. Um, Mbappe in check. And when they brought on Dembele, uh, he, he kept Dembele. Uh, uh, no, not Dembele. I'm talking about the Barcelona game there. Uh, we'll get to that <laughs> in a bit. Uh, yeah, he, he just had a, an outstanding game. And uh, Rashford with the with the late goal. The 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 big talking point though was Bruno Fernandez. He had a. a Quality game again, very reminiscent of the kind of a uh, game that that Thiago has been having for Liverpool. But that hop, skip, and a jump penalty he does is absolutely annoying. Missed his second penalty in a row, and if it wasn't for the grace of God and and Kaylin Navas coming off his line uh, a little bit too early and him being able to retake that penalty, um, then it could have been a different game. But yeah, Man United, um, from a team that got absolutely demolished by Tottenham, uh, they, they're coming good. What was it, 4-1 uh, at the weekend and now uh, beating Paris Saint-Germain at, at Paris? They're two pretty good results, and uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer must be uh, breathing a lot of sighs of relief. It seems to be the case here. Uh, I think the, the pairing of Rashford and Martial up front uh, is a good connection for them. I think that that's 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 definitely where it needs to be, and then you've got yeah. them being fed by 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 Bruno Fernandez. Um, it does seem as though they played a little bit with the system. You know, they 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 tried a formation that uh, uh, maybe they've had some success with in the past, but I mean, it looks like they they 
it at times seemed as though like Luke Shaw was playing center back uh, for, 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 for a lot of it. And then you had Tellez up, up in front of him. Uh, Juan Basaka playing up front ahead of uh, Tuan Zibay, uh and then uh, McTominay, McTominay rather, and Fred uh, playing just in the center of the park. Very interesting defensive structure, and I guess it's all being fed through uh, Bruno Fernandez and uh, Rashford and Martial as far as the the offense goes. Yeah, um, and apparently uh, McTominay uh, picked up an injury, and he was playing most of the first half. With vision in one hour, which is phenomenal that he played so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, Khabib should take notice because that might be his end result after this weekend. Oh, good lord! <laughs> Not going to happen. But you don't think that? Okay. Well, I mean, I guess that's a separate show, right? <laughs> like that's that, that's your thing, right? That's not Radio Tech. Or that that's that that's a five rounds thing. Um, I I really do think that Gaethje's gonna. I think Gaethje has his number, man. All good well, things, all good things come to an end. It's all it's, it's the it's. I'd say it's Habib's hardest potential fight, uh, but if he gets it to ground, I, I think Gaethje will struggle. But he has got a puncher's chance. I mean, he hits like the, the hardest that I've seen anybody in the lightweight division hit, and if he catches a uh, uh, Habib, he will hurt Habib. Yep. I agree, man. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we had a ronaldo list Juventus team take down Dinamo Kiev 2-0. Um, mm-hmm. that, was, uh, that, that was something. I, I, I'm really not quite sure why Ronaldo didn't play, to be perfectly honest with you, Mags. I mean, is this a tactical? Uh, I mean, he, He's got coronavirus. Oh yeah, that's that. That makes sense, right? He, he's got I mean, COVID. they could play him. <laughs> super player, superstar, super spreader. Okay, yeah. just um, put a, like a, a, a helmet over him, like a, put, an astronaut's just, helmet. Just put like put put him in a bubble and like yeah. and be like uh, Bubble Boy the movie. Um, no, yeah, he he has COVID. Thank you, Mags. I. Don't know where my head's at. Um, we did instead get Chiesa uh, making a, a very strong performance here for Juventus. Uh, Kulashevsky, did I say it right that time? Kulashevsky. Kulashevsky. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ramsey was very impressive, and uh, his, his back heel for I think it was the first goal for Maratas uh, was was sublime. It really mm-hmm. was sublime. Mm-hmm. I really do like Aaron Ramsey under. Andrea Pirlo. I, I think yeah. that Pirlo has that little bit of that little bit of midfield magic and knowledge that he can pass down. I think Ramsey might be one of those guys who can really get that that level with Andrea Pirlo. Um, yeah, I, I mean, he's a, a very similar style of player to how Andrea Pirlo used to used to be. Um, not obviously on, on. I'm not saying he's Andrea Pirlo level, but he he plays a very similar style of game, and yeah, I can see. Uh, the uh, Pilo really can uh, take him to Ramsey, and it's sure because he's, he's had some impressive displays for for Juve. Well, that's what they used to call him, right? The Welsh Pirlo. No, I'm just, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> did that Maybe his mum did. Um, yeah, good stuff there from Juventus. I didn't expect anything less, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but yeah, Alvaro Morata got himself on a score sheet twice. That game ended 2-0. 
Um, yep. We move on. Um, let's see here. Uh, RB Leipzig. Uh, we, you, you know them. We, I know them. Everybody knows them. Very, very popular. Very um, uh, hipster-esque kind of team at the moment. Um, they, they also won 2-0. Uh, two goals within the first 20 minutes of the game over Istanbul. Um, another Istanbul who? Uh, it's, it's in Turkish. I, I can't. <sighs> Basak Shahir. And, and and that's why they pay you the big bucks, Max. Uh, <laughs> they pay me in Turkish lira. <laughs> um, yeah, another another uh, brilliant performance from Julian Nagelsmann's men, um, and uh, yeah, sealed up the game at the twentieth minute mark. Uh, do you like their chances this year, Mags? I mean, do you think do you see them being at all possible progressing like they did last year? The kind of a Cinderella story almost. Um, they, I mean, they've they've definitely got the the potential to. They uh, they they've started well. I mean, uh, Bazak Shahir should be their division's whipping boys. To be quite fair, uh, but uh, Angelino has has really hit the ground running. Um, performed really really well. I think he's got three goals already this season, and before that, he he, he hadn't scored three goals in all his career. So the fact that they 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 pulling that out of him. I, I think the 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 acid test will be when they when they come up against either Paris or Manchester United and see um, see how well they do against a much much stronger team than than Istanbul. Uh, but yeah, they can be definitely pleased with this performance. They 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 put uh, Bazak Shear away and they they really didn't trouble. Uh, Labzig in in much uh, in much way, so yeah, it's a, a good result for him. Yes, very much indeed. Uh, kind of over on uh, another side of uh, uh, kind of the, uh, the the German perspective here. Uh, Bruja Dortmund fell three one mm. to Lazio. Uh, this was a game that you and I discussed here. Uh, Dortmund would have a lot of trouble with this Lazio team. German teams typically have a lot of trouble with Italian teams. And uh, this was once again the case here. Um, Dortmund just didn't seem to get off on the right foot from the get-go. It seems. No, it uh, it, it it was a very uh, subdued Dortmund performance. I think it took till uh, late in the second half for Dortmund to actually uh, get their goal. Uh, but this was about Thierry Mobley proving a point to Dortmund and and uh, wanting to come away with a win. And, and he absolutely deserved it. He played so, so well. He really kind of like took Dortmund by the, the scruff of the neck and, and he, he wanted the... the the victory and and they absolutely deserved the victory. Uh, he think he scored the first goal. He uh, assisted for Agpa Agpro's uh, goal at the end. Uh, it was a, a dominant uh, Lazio performance. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I really don't know uh, what Dortmund need to do to to get that going again. Um, they do seem kind of stuck. Uh, when, when Holland's not producing everything, it, it seems as though they, they tend to suffer a little bit. Um, so, you know, hopefully it's, uh, hopefully it's something that they can get sorted out pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. let me see here. Chelsea, Sevilla, a nil-nil draw. Wow. A boring, 
boring nil nil draw. There was there's it was just tedium, absolute tedium. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, the the bright spot was how good uh, Edward Mendy was. He uh, he's really kind of cemented his his position as the number one of those four Chelsea goalkeepers. Um, yeah, it was. There's not a lot to say. That attack wise, it was very very dull. Uh, I think the best chances came to uh, defenders in Zuma and Chilwell, who are uh, who both headed at the goalkeeper. But it's a point, I suppose. A home well, point. I think they could have hoped for more against a, a Sevilla side, but it's it's better than a loss. Here's my issue. They started. Chelsea have had had put on the field probably one of their strongest starting 11s that they have mm-hmm. all season uh, yeah. in all competitions. Reese James at right back, Thiago Silva and Kurt, uh, Kurt Zuma in the middle at center back, Chilwell left back, Jorginho and Conte in the middle of the park, and then ahead of them, you had Pulisic on the right, Havertz in the 10, Mount on the left, and you had Werner in the middle. This is Frank it, Lampard's ideal starting eleven in most weeks. There's no weak point in that squad on paper. So what I'm concerned of is how they started a very, very strong team and you were unable to produce any goals. Mm-hmm. And I think they only had six shots in the whole game, which yep. is a... It's the the lowest that they've ever done in the Champions League since like 2015, when okay. they uh when they came up against Paris Saint Germain and they only had two shots. Yeah, that is an embarrassing statistic, an absolutely embarrassing. Well, and 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 maybe this is a little bit of good cop bad cop. Maybe I'm being too harsh. I don't know, but like, I mean, is it Sevilla? Did Sevilla just put on a really good game plan against this Chelsea team? Or, or, or I, I like what happened? You would think that there would be goals raining down from from Chelsea's end of things. Yeah, I don't even think it was particularly that Sevilla shut up shot because they had the most of the ball. They had fifty six percent of the ball. They were pretty even on shots. They had more corners. Um, yeah, I think it was just Chelsea didn't show up uh, and. They they got a a draw that they deserved, but they didn't do anything to kind of warrant a win. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, you know who did warrant a win? Barcelona. Uh, <laughs> Barcelona uh, came away with a five-one victory. Um, what, what's what's um, give a little bit of help here, Mags? What's what what's uh, what's this fair? Ferenc <laughs> Varos. Ferenc Varos. Okay. I will learn these names one day. Um, is, is this also Turkish? These are from Hungary. Oh, okay. These are hung- Hungarians. Okay. Yes. Um, uh, so, yes, Messi started the scoring at the uh, the, the 27th minute uh, with a penalty. Um, uh, Fati followed um, uh, at the 42nd minute. Coutinho uh, Pedri and Dembele all scoring goals as well. A red card shown to Gerard Piquet in the 68th minute. So he'll be missing a little bit of time in the Champions League, it seems. Um, yep. Barcelona's offense seems to be running pretty smoothly. 
Yep, and Messi had a glorious game. He was absolutely unplayable. Uh, after the, the penalty, uh, Farage Varus just wouldn't go anywhere near him uh, in when he got close to the box, and he was able to just dictate the pace. Uh, a great game as well uh, with Fateh. He thought he uh, played played outstanding. Um, yeah, it was just, this was the Barcelona team that, that ruled Europe for, for such a long time, and Maybe it's the turning point of, of a team who were were in turmoil. Maybe it could be uh this could be that the the beginning of their season. Perhaps so. We we shall wait and see. Um the big shocker, I think, of the last two days in the Champions League here, Mags. Uh, Real Madrid two, Shakhtar Donetsk three. I, I can't believe we're skipping over. Uh, Zenit St. Petersburg and Club Bruges okay, for one for one thing. I mean, the result is Go in, right ahead, in that division is a it's neither here nor there. Club Bruges picking up a, a, a victory that that maybe they didn't really deserve and also was very much not on the cards. But I think that uh, the goal by a former. Liverpool defender in the same week when Liverpool uh, have lost their their star defender to a long term injury, uh, and Dejan Lovren cracked a shot from about forty yards, hit the post, hit uh, Horvath on the back of the head, and went in the goal. It was absolutely sublime and just a, a real kick in the teeth for for every Liverpool fan who who saw the back of Lovren and then wished he was doing that for for them instead. Yeah, no, I mean that it, it was a brilliant goal. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what 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 else do you want me to say? No, yeah, it it, it was it was a very very good goal. Um obviously it's an own goal. Uh, so he it had a little, count. he had a little bit of luck, <laughs> but yes. Um, I mean, and that's kind of what I've debated with people in the Liverpool community as well as like, why, I mean, why, why are you mad at, at Lovren? You know, what, what, why are you glad to see him go? That's, that's one less center back that we have right now when we really need center backs. I mean, look, I'm, I'm supremely happy for Fabinho. And we'll talk about that. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, a little bit of luck on Lovren's part there. That's a 40-yard shot. It's good. It's good Good stuff. Um, very very Gerard-esque. Um, <laughs> um, let me see here. Anything else that you want to talk about about um, Tuesday's games, Mags? No, that's fine. Let's, uh, let's roll on to today's. Okay, I'm just making sure I didn't miss any other goals from any former Liverpool players. Um, <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, again, Real Madrid 2, Shakhtar 3. Wow. Yes. Um, Madness. Yeah, so um, it, it was... It was a very, very good performance. It, it was really a game of two halves. A very good performance from Shakhtar in the first half, scoring three goals past a Real Madrid side that looked like they were completely lost. Yeah. They, uh, without Sergio Ramos, that defense looks a shadow of of, a, of its former self. Yeah, they were absolutely put to the sword in this first half by, by Shakhtar. And this is a Shakhtar team who... 
came to Madrid with 13 first-team players out of the squad because of our COVID-19 positive tests. So they literally turned up with youth team players and, and just ripped Real Madrid apart, just scarily ripped them apart. You love to see it, really. I, I love seeing this. Real Madrid did mount a pretty awesome comeback um, in the in the second half. Goals by Modric and uh, uh, Vinicius. Um, not enough. Not nope. enough, Mags. Um, so I guess the litmus test is, uh, I guess, not only are big Premier League clubs, um, I guess, at risk of these major upsets, Real Madrid... Uh, has just proved that no team is safe in the Premier League this year. Yep, absolutely. And and in in this uh, Champions League, they've got Inter Milan and Borussia Mönchengladbach to come up against, who are not going to be as 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 on paper as easy as Shakhtar should have been. So, if you're going to struggle against the 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 weakest team in the group, it's going to be a torrid season for Real Madrid. Well, and 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 that game it resulted in a in a two two draw. Inter Milan left that really really late. Lukaku mm-hmm. scoring uh, uh, the the game tying goal in the ninetieth minute. Um, I, I was actually surprised that Mujan Gladbach, uh, I guess, dealt out that much punishment to Inter Milan for for the most part of the game. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it was a one sided match. To be fair, um, Milan ruled possession. They had, I think, seventeen total shots compared to six of uh, of um, uh, and Gladbach's. But the ball has to go in the net, and and uh, Inter Milan were, were struggling, and um, they, they they pulled off a, a lucky point uh, to to come away with the draw. To be fair, um, but it's better than what, what Real Madrid did. This is true. <laughs> this is this is very true. Um, let's move on to uh, Ajax Liverpool. Um, Ajax has looked very, very, very dangerous, uh, and they mm-hmm. recruited very well uh, over the summer. Uh, I think um, so. It was always going to be a tough ask for Liverpool in this game. Uh, good news is is that uh, while we uh, have been a little bit uh, dogged with um, injuries lately. Um, it, it seems as though the, the Champions League is allowing the multi-sub rule, and uh, we, we provided... <laughs> we, we took well advantage of that today. Um, at one point in the game, we subbed off Sala, uh, Mane, and Firmino, all to, to, to put on uh, Minamino, Jota, and uh, Shakiri which is uh, outstanding. I, 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 I think that that's actually a pretty incredible front three, uh, to be quite mm-hmm. honest with you. Um, the, the goal really was an own goal by Tagliafico uh, after Mane basically bounced it off of Tagliafico's foot. Um, so yeah, um, not, not the most, um, uh, I guess, scintillating performance, perhaps, of a Liverpool team ever, um, but it got the job done, Mags. Yep, and and it's exactly what you needed from the 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 weekend's troubles. Um, Adrian actually had a, a fairly decent game. There was a couple of periods where I was kind of like he, he always puts me on edge watching him when uh, he's like almost like a deer in the headlights when he panics. But he uh, he made some great saves. Uh, one from uh, Quincy Promes, which was uh, absolutely outstanding. 
but yeah, it was watching Ajax go forward is is a glorious thing to watch when they they had like uh, Davy Clarkson and uh, Daley Blinden and Quincy Promise all on the attack. They very very Liverpool like. I would say almost kind of like a mirror of Liverpool, uh, but the the performance uh, of the of the match for me was Fabinho, uh, much like he was when he uh, he he was in defence in the Premier League. He was outstanding, absolutely outstanding, and and uh, the overhead kick uh, to clear the the line uh, oh. was just oh. it was it was just a, a deserving of a performance from him and and Liverpool. Uh, the struggle for this this win, but it was absolutely deserved, and and it was a it was a, a good way to end a, a torrid week for him. I think so. I, I think that that Liverpool showed some defensive solidity, and mm-hmm. Fabinho provided a very much a calming presence in in the back, uh, which is outstanding. Uh, f- after the match, Fabinho was glowing in review about um, how much he, I guess, looks up to teammate Virgil van Dijk, saying, tactically, I have to always be ready for long balls. I have to organize the team. I have to do what Virgil does, talk to the team. He also <laughs> talked about Virgil's leadership skills. He, uh, he, It was like a glowing review of Virgil van Dijk. Uh, and, and, and he went out there and put on one of the most van Dijk-esque performances uh, that a center back has done uh, that, that, that I can imagine. Um, Fabinho, I really do see this being the place where he's going to be at full time. Um, I know that uh, prior to us recording, you had said that there's been some rumors floating about that maybe they would go in for Koulibaly. We touched on that a little bit last uh, episode as well. I mean, should they be going for Koulibaly or should they be trying to find a replacement in defensive mid for for, for Fabinho? <laughs> Why not both? Why not both? I mean, technically, they they could play uh, Genie Wijnaldum in the Fabinho role. That well, um, they, they did exactly that today. Exactly, uh, but I think even with how how well Fabinho has took to uh, centre back, I, I would still be looking at, at picking up someone else because it only takes an injury to Fabinho or to Matip and then you, you, you're back struggling again. So I do think you need more depth in, in the, the centre-back position. Uh, the rumours are that uh, Ben Watt's value has now gone up because Liverpool are desperate. Uh, they could have picked him up for maybe £40 million and now it's looking like that it, it's possibly 50 But then there's also the, the rumours that uh, a deal has been agreed for Koulibaly, which at £63 million is a risk, especially considering he's on the wrong side of 30 um you're not going to get much value for money out of that personally i would go with a younger um a younger uh, ben white who, who you know has got experience of the premier league game but cool is, is a big he's a big game player and uh it certainly uh it certainly improved liverpool's defense well yeah and the thing that i would be worried about with Koulibaly is by the time that virgil van dyke comes back both him and Koulibaly will both be thirty. Your mm-hmm. your 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 center back pairing would both be in their thirties. You would really only have maybe three, maybe four good years left out of that pairing before it would need to be replaced. 
um, and you would want to make sure that you would you would have to invest pretty heavily in replacing them. Um, <laughs> so um, I'm a little bit skeptical about the Koulibaly uh, news, um, but I mean, if if it happened, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna look a gift horse in the mouth per se. Um, so yeah, we'll 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 see what happens. I I would much rather them maybe loan somebody promising or maybe sign a free agent perhaps. Uh, I know that there's a few of those out there on the market right now. Yeah, Ezekiel Garay. I can't believe that that guy has not been snapped up by somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, um, an interesting game uh, from Liverpool's perspective. Uh, Ajax may feel hard done uh, at this game here, uh, but a magnificent performance by Fabinho at, at center back here, and a, and a great performance by Dio, uh, Diogo Jota as well. Diogo Jota mm-hmm. was really lighting things and up. Robertson, Robertson and again, Robertson. as was outstanding. Absolutely. Um, uh, moving right along here, uh, we've got just a few more games here, folks. Uh, Fernandinho. Uh, is injured for Manchester City. He he is now out injured uh, due to today's game. Uh, but otherwise, great result here for Manchester City, uh, winning 3-1 against Porto. Uh, start was a little bit rocky, uh, but they did eventually claw back uh, and picked up a 3-1 uh, victory here. Yep, the the finish from Diaz for uh, Porto's goal, I think, on 10 oh, 14 minutes was, was sublime. He absolutely ripped... The, the Manchester City defence, he, he run them ragged and, and scored a, a, a great goal. But um, the penalty from uh, Aguero, uh, lucky that it actually went underneath the keeper. He put just enough pace on it. Uh, the the Gundogan free kick, wow, that was absolutely beautiful. And then uh, to, to finish off the performance, uh, Phil Foden, who played really, really well all game, and uh, Ferran Torres uh, teaming up for for the the goal to 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 finish uh, Porto off and and for City to top their group. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a decent enough game. Um, obviously, Pep Guardiola he's still fine tuning things here. I mean, he's 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 a man with a lot on his mind recently. Um, he's got a lot uh, of responsibilities at the club, obviously too. Um, but, um, yeah, Manchester City's performances, uh, have not looked as sharp in the Premier League this year. I think they'll be quite pleasantly pleased with this result here today against Porto. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see here. Atalanta, um, versus a club with, um, only one vowel (laughs) in the name. Micheland. Micheland. Okay. There you go. Uh, they look to be a, a Nordic team, perhaps. Uh, Denmark, yeah. Yeah, okay. I think Denmark. Uh, maybe Norway. Mm-hmm. Atlanta has been one of the more complex uh, teams, tactically speaking. Uh, they do this on purpose, obviously. It's to, it's to basically disrupt uh, you know, the opponent. And uh, they successfully did that here in a big, big way. A 4 uh, nil drubbing uh, by Atalanta uh, with uh, Zapata, Gomez, Muriel, and uh, Marinchuk all on the, uh, the score sheet here. Yeah, it was a result that everybody expected. I mean, I know in this Champions League we've had quite a few shot results. Uh, the Real Madrid obviously being the, the standout one. Uh, 
But if there was ever a result that we would have expected would be that Atalanta put Mitchell into the sword and, and it absolutely happened. And even stats-wise, it, it, it works out. They had 18 shots to Michelin's nine, 10 on target. So they really put uh, Michelin under the caution and topped the group. And yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a struggle for any team going to Atalanta. I think, I think, um, the, the quality of Liverpool and the quality of uh, Ajax may bring them down to uh, to earth with a bump, but you can't fault a 4-0 victory. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, it was pretty perfect. Um, again, I, the, besides Ajax, Atalanta uh, is uh, another team that uh, I, I personally am a little bit uh, scared of um, because they, they do play beautifully. And uh, they are a very hard team to come up against, but uh, we we shall see. Uh, again, uh, Liverpool are no slouches themselves. Um, Olympiacos one nil against Marseille. Uh, a surprising result. You wouldn't have expected that. Uh, I, I think here. I think Olympiacos came away with a, a very good uh, win here. Um, Bayern four. Atletico Madrid zero. Atletico Madrid could not get yeah. on the score sheet against this Bayern team. It was a a great victory. It was this was the king's the common show. He absolutely mm. demolished uh, Atletico Madrid. Scored two. Uh, set up Goretzka for his goal. Yeah, what a great performance for him. Uh, and this is the guy who uh, who destroyed Paris uh, uh, in in the the match in Lisbon. And yeah, what an outstanding performance! Uh, I think they they favourites for the for the uh, Champions League, and this. This result won't do much to change that. They absolutely demolished Atletico Madrid. Uh, the the two teams that you would expect to go through in that in in that uh, group, uh, it just shows the the absolute the levels of quality uh, in in Bayern Munich side. Just scary, scarily good. It is. Yeah, I mean, uh, no no Nabri, no problem here as Kingsley mm-hmm. Coman. Uh, really ran the show, um, and, and yeah, it's. Uh, I I I mean, it looks once again. Uh, I hate to say it, but they have not missed a beat since Tiago has left, um, no. which is very very surprising. Um, Kimmich and Gretzka make a great team in the midfield. Um, I I'm excited every time I watch Bayern. They they produce very very. Attractive, very strong football, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no complaints at all. And this is a team who can't make room for Alphonso Davis in the in the starting lineup. It's it's frightening how good this team is. They they kept Atletico Madrid, uh, who spent an absolute fortune on the likes of uh, João Felix, to one shot on target in the whole game. Just absolutely outstanding. They had 16 shots and five on target. They're just they're so, so dominant. And it would take Bayern collapsing for, for a team to be able to beat them, I think. Yep, yep. It, it, uh, it, they are very tough customers, and I would certainly say that they, as of right now they are certainly favorites for repeating. Um, yeah. But, again, we are very far away. This is only match day one. Uh, really kind of in the books. Uh, so we'll wait and see. Um, I guess the last bit of news here, Mags, and this is kind of the the big uh, big story news, big financial news, big, big, big picture news. 
even biggest picture news, I guess. Um, the possibility of a European Super League has come <sighs> very much to a um, to a fruition here. And now it is not nothing official. Nothing official has been announced. Okay, but uh, it seems as though all a lot of the pieces that need to be there are in play. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess this all really kind of started with Project Big Picture itself. Liverpool uh, and United uh, and representatives of uh, the Premier League, the, the traditional big six clubs, uh, uh, really pushed for this particular deal. Um, they they were unsuccessful in getting Project Big Picture. And I think I recall you saying very clearly that uh, uh, this might be a possibility. This might be the next thing in i guess in liverpool's plans and manchester united's plans in city's plans and in chelsea's plans you know that 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 the bigger clubs will be looking in this direction now yeah um this this kind of issue seems to always rear its uh rear its head around every couple of seasons when when the the tv deals come up for for tender uh, there's always kind of rumor of a european super league uh, then the 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 tv money comes in and we get the champions league and and it kind of stays in that state of flux but i think um after project uh, big picture was was roundly dismissed by the premier league which everybody expected it to to happen i think this was always going to be the the backup plan for for the uh, the guys at, at Liverpool, and uh, I think he's been headed up by uh, Florentino Perez at Real Madrid as well. Um, yeah, it's it's a, an interesting one. This is, seems to have a lot more meat on the bone than than when it usually kind of like comes up. Uh, there's a lot more kind of. Uh, um, there's a lot more kind of news behind it now. Uh, the rumours that they were going to be getting uh, uh, an announcement in the next ten days or so. Um, it's it's looking likely that this this is going to happen, or it's or it's as close to happening as we've been with our European Super League uh, before. Um, the concern was always that would this kind of uh, destroy the the Premier League as we know it, uh, and uh, the answer is probably yes and no. Uh, the the teams won't be leaving the Premier League. That was always the kind of worry that the the big six would leave the Premier League, which would mean that uh, the the revenue for the Premier League would be gone because. Being being a, a balanced football fan, uh, the the money is in the likes of Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester. They are what attracts the big TV money to the Premier League. There's no yeah. nobody watches the Premier League for Burnley versus West Brom, as we've shown. Seventy four people decided to pay for it. Um, <laughs> people watch it for the these big six. So if we would have lost these clubs to a European Super League, um, then it would have been. Uh, a big, big blow to the Premier League, uh, but apparently that's not the that's not the case. These clubs will still be doing their domestic leagues. It's just uh, the big loser in in this is the Champions League. Is a uh, right. is UEFA's Champions League, and apparently this is FA uh, FIFA backed, which is a uh, which is the head honchos above UEFA, which which adds quite a lot more kind of credibility to it. Right. Um, I mean, they, I would... they haven't. Let, let's say allegedly, they have not officially 
I mean, they have not officially said that to, to at this point in any official capacity, but it is yeah, very it's likely. Absolutely. <laughs> It's absolutely like that. I mean, we, we spoke before recording that Man United have been very uh, quiet about their involvement in this, and it's right. all very much hush-hush. Uh, but yeah. there will be no European Super League without Man United being involved. Let's 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 call a spade a spade. They're the biggest club in terms of a brand, mm. uh, and there will be a massive coup for a, a European Super League. Yeah, I mean they go Manchester United particularly goes where, where the money is. That's what we've known of them for for years and years and years. Um, so so uh, um, you answered a, a little bit of the questions I was going to ask. But um, speaking for the layman, right? Uh, obviously, you've you've addressed this does not cancel, this does not kill the Premier League. But uh, why do we need uh, mags? Why do we need the uh, the Super League of Justice? Uh, when we could have the Champions League like we have right now, why do we need this super, uh, this European Super League? Well, as fans, we don't. The Champions League is doing exactly what what this would do. Hmm. Uh, this is more a power play from the big clubs. Uh, hmm. There is uh, the rumor is that there's going to be twelve founder members of this league uh, who will be exempt from relegation for twenty years. Uh, so this is definitely uh, big clubs gathering up all the big money and, and keeping it to themselves and, mm-hmm. and and kind of like feeding the the smaller clubs the pittance just to keep them placated. Um, going through some of the, the these the key points that that I've noted from from the plethora of uh, reports about this, uh, there's obviously that uh, Liverpool, Arsenal. Chelsea, City, Tottenham have, have been approached to be one of uh, one of the, the the five potential English clubs that that could be joining up. Obviously, we've all already spoke about Man United being definitely being one of them. There's going to be a dozen teams altogether from England, France, Germany, Italy, and Spain who are, are going to be involved. The league will take a, a format of 18 teams with home and away fixtures uh, being played as as they are now in the Champions League. Uh, the the top team, uh, top place teams would then be in a knockout tournament to to uh, to signify the the winner of the European League, and it's oh. a provisional. Wow! No, wow! No, I, I I I did not know about that provision. So so essentially, they're going to do this European League, and then maybe a top four or a top two <laughs> will will have a playoff game for the for the title. I believe it's top four. The top uh, one will play four, two will play three, and then the the winners uh, would play each other, and then we'd get a, an overall winner of the league. That's uh, not too bad. This is potent- yeah. No, no. I mean, f- from a football standpoint, uh, seeing these big clubs play each other is, is, is dream football. Who wouldn't want to see Man United playing Real Madrid week in, week out? Who wouldn't want to see Barcelona uh, playing uh, Bayern Munich week in, week out? It's it's dream football. It's just mm. cannibalising uh, the Champions League. And the issue is that anybody uh, in Europe, if you have a good season in your domestic league, you have the potential of, of getting some big Champions League games in. And that's going to be taken away from 
from the likes of Mitterland, from the likes of uh, uh, Farage Varos, from uh, the likes of Shakhtar Donetsk, they're not going to be involved in with these huge teams which could potentially bring in the revenue to make or break your your club. Um, they're going to be then out of out of contention for these matches, and it's almost like if the Champions League does survive, which I can't see see a way it does, it would be like a, a secondary like. Uh, European competition that is just not going to be as valuable as it is now. Um, mm. Yeah, it's a it's a very very interesting town to be a football fan, and it, it it's it seems that it's a very Americanized influence uh, with with the likes of uh, the Glazers and uh, the the guys in control of Liverpool, the, the FSG, the FSG. Yeah, they're uh, they're. They bring in that very American kind of business sentimentality over to football, where it, in Europe it's very much seen as um, a passion more than a business, and yeah, it's it's yeah, it's not good to see from the from the terms of the layman fan. But you can't argue with money, and at the end of the day, it's what makes the world go around. Well, and and here's the other thing too, right? And and I'm not. Again, I'm not endorsing this at all um, because I, I, I really do feel uh, a lot for this here. And I think that uh, there, there there's something to be said about the history of, of, of the Champions League. I mean, Liverpool's held the title six times, you know. Um, I mean, it seems kind of like you're, you're – it's just, again, all about the money. Um, and, and that's really disheartening uh, on all fronts for, for all of these clubs, I think. But if you look at – if you look at City, if you look at Chelsea, if you look at um, Arsenal, Tottenham, um, uh, Liverpool, and United, uh, two of those clubs, uh, three of those clubs rather, are owned by Americans. Only one club uh, out of those six is actually, um, uh, it, it, I mean, is it is Tottenham actually under British ownership? Yeah, Daniel Levy. Daniel Levy, okay, so he's the only one who, who is actually English. And, and and even more so then he he's he's more of a he's has that more businessman mentality, um, and then you've got Abramovich at Chelsea, and 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 a whole country owns city essentially right, um, <laughs> so it's it's crazy, um, it, it is very fueled by money it, it seems, um, it is it this has become very much commercialized, um, and. I mean, obviously, that's the way that the world goes sometimes, but I, I feel really badly for fans of the, the, the club locally, right? Um, I, I mean, does, does this affect me and my everyday life as a fan in the United States? No, um, but it does, it does affect the people who, who live in the city uh, and who go to the clubs uh, games week after week after week, who invest their money in it, and it it does feel like a big slap in the face, you know. So I mean, I'm I I do sit here in solidarity with everybody else and thinking that this is a terrible idea, uh, and very much unlike um, something that the uh, that you know th- that stands for both the Premier League values and the Champions League values and just club values in general. I feel. Yeah. Um, I think the the best person who I've uh, 
seen some of this situation up is uh, Kevin Miles. He's the, the chief executive of the, the Football Supporters Association. And he has uh, come and, out and said that the idea of a European Super League uh, shows that billionaire owners of clubs are, are becoming a bit out of control. Uh, and he, he states that the latest reports of plots allegedly involving teams like Manchester United and Liverpool to create this European Super League exposes the myth that billionaire owners care about the football game or indeed that they care about anything other than their own greed. And this is the last nail in the coffin of the idea that football can be relied upon to regulate itself. And I think Gary Neville came out and said pretty much the same thing, that he felt that a European league where the the, the top 12 teams are uh, basically impervious from relegation, it's, it's cannibalising the game. Uh, yep. And I, I I kind of agree with him. I mean, as a fan of one of these teams, you're going to be over the moon because you're going to be playing huge games week after week after week. But as a fan of any other team, your kind of opportunity to play with the big boys is is going to be stunted because you're yep. not one of the you're not one of the big twelve. Right. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's not good. I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't either. I I wish that there was, if wishes were fishes, I wish that <laughs> there... <laughs> throwback. Um, I wish that there was a way that there could be ownership or a player's trust, like what they, similarly to like what they have in, in Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich, I mean, really, I mean, they have to abide by uh, the 50 plus one rule in Germany, right? Um, which has worked really, really well uh, for the German clubs and has kind of been like a, uh, it's kept billionaire ownership in check uh, for, for, for a big part. And um, I really, really wish that the Premier League would adopt that uh, themselves. I, I really do. Um, I think that though you'd probably see uh, a reversal of fortune in terms of b- these teams spending big amounts of money, I think that maybe it would have to make you a little bit craftier in your scouting or in your negotiations, um, you know, or or whatever it might be. I um, yeah, I think that this definitely is a. If it does come to fruition, it will be a black eye uh, for, uh, for for the big six clubs in excuse me in England for 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 the clubs that join uh uh this 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 league here again it's going to be it's going to be great football it's going to be awesome you know um but i mean at at what cost really is this um mm-hmm. i mean you're you're basically taking a team like you know uh like Manchester United who already has uh, or even better, Manchester City, who already has a significant financial advantage over a team like, let's say, West Brom, right? And you're you're basically making it just as just twice as hard now, right? Um, not only are you trying to fight for your own survival in the league and, and financially, but now you're you're you know uh, Goliath has become twice as large. Yeah, it is. It's um, the rich will keep getting richer and. Uh, the, the poorer clubs will will continue to struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, Mags, is there anything else that we need to talk about regarding the, the, the Super League? Anything else that people need to know? 
With this Super League, no. Uh, uh, apart from the fact that it's got a six billion dollar backer in JP Morgan, which is yeah, it it's just adds more fuel to the fire that it's probably going to be happening. Uh, so I'm sure we'll be we'll be covering this uh, time and time again on on Radio Techers. Mm. Um, we I think we do need to mention. Uh, Five nerds gone. Uh, Matthew from that that group really kind of pushing to be a guest on the show to uh, come and defend uh, someone who made the news last episode, and uh, he's kind of going to make the news this episode as well because uh, one Jordan Pickford, the uh, the killer of Virgil Van Dyke's season, escaped punishment. He uh, he the the FA said there'll be no retroactive uh, punishment. Uh, for for his uh, horrific tackle on on Virgil Van Dijk, so that must have uh, gone down well in the Tanner household. It, it went down uh, poorly. Um, <laughs> it was not uh, it was not re- well received at all. Um, I like. Here's the thing: they had an excellent opportunity to set a precedent, and they completely missed. Like they didn't even miss. Like 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 they they swung and then they hit themselves in the balls by accident, <laughs> right? Like like they they had they had an opportunity to set a precedent and say, look, we can and will go back in and enforce laws and into these games if the referee missed something, right? Um, but uh, they chose not to, and and they're morons for for doing so. Wow. Uh, yeah. So. Um, Matt, you can come on uh, the show, uh, but uh, we will not talk about Jordan Pickford, and, 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 <laughs> and you and you will not give me this speech. Um, otherwise, I mean, I, I'll just turn off my headphones. I'll just I'll just sit here like this. The, the good thing is, you edit the show, so you could just edit all <laughs> of his spiel out. <laughs> There we go. We're so breaking the fourth little, wall, folks. Hello. It, it could know. literally be a case of uh, hello and welcome to Matt from Five Nerds Go, uh, and then two seconds later, <laughs> thanks just... for your input, Matt. Uh, where can we find you on on Twitter? <laughs> Easily uh... done. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of which, Mags, where can the good people find you on Twitter? They can find me at DAJ Kirby. It's, it's almost three o'clock in the morning. I am not pretending to be someone else today. So at DAJ Kirby, I do more podcasts than any human should ever do. Mm. Uh, thankfully, one of them is coming to an end very, very soon. So um, that that frees up a little bit of time. Uh, mm. But yeah, follow me on Twitter at DAJ Kirby. Uh, get involved in the show. What what are your thoughts on the, the European Super League? What are your thoughts on Jordan Pickford's uh, escaping retribution? Uh, do you think Virgil van Dijk should turn up to his house with a shotgun? And uh, and maybe... <laughs> yeah, you might want to edit that bit out. Uh, yeah, definitely don't do that, Virgil. Definitely don't do that. Uh, but yeah... Uh, <laughs> we can't tell you to, to do this, allegedly. Um... <laughs> but yeah, get involved. We're... Uh, we're, this is your show as much as it is ours. We we love the fan interaction. Um, so yeah, uh, come and give me a follow on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> come and get involved. Yes, come and get involved. Um, I was going to say because again, Mags and I we share a kinship about pro wrestling. I I think it would be an interesting wrestling angle if 
Jordan Pickford was involved with retribution. Um, so yeah, uh, that, that kept, when you said those words, it kind of got the hamster wheel spinning here in the head. Um, uh, but yes, um, you can find me on Twitter at Tony on sports. No, um, you can, <laughs> you, you can find me on Twitter at Texas gentleman underscore, uh, where I mostly retweet a lot of the radio tacker stuff. Yeah, because you know no one wants to come and talk to me. Do you want to talk to me? Talk to me on Twitter. There's my handle right down, right there. Look at that. That's that's where it is. Um, so come and talk to me on there, or you can just hit us up uh, at Radio Techers. R A D I O T E K K E R S. Always a good time. A lot of great memories. Uh, episode fifteen, Mags. Fifteen episodes already. Crazy Real stuff. Quick. Real quick. Uh, we ask this of you uh, if you are still here with us after the 100 uh, after the hour and 24 minutes uh, that we've been here on this show um, what we ask of you is to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts be it iTunes Spotify Google Play uh, Amazon or anywhere else for that matter if you're watching us on YouTube give us that thumbs up hit that subscribe button on shooting the sports ish we need your subscription folks we are so close to our goal of 200 subscribers please Help us get there. Hit that subscribe button. You know you want to. You know I want you to. Hit that subscribe button. And while you're at it, hit the bell for all those notifications so that way you know when the next episode of Radio Techers comes out on YouTube. Good times. Um, There's a whole lot of other great shows, of course, too. Here on uh, Shooting the Sports-ish, we've got uh, Tony is doing a whole lot of uh, MLB uh, coverage now since uh, I guess he's got free time since basketball's not around. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, everybody's working really hard. We've got the website up and running. Our, our writers are hard at work making big things happen every day. Uh, so, yeah, check out the website, Shooting the Sports-ish. Uh, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Do all the things, man. Do all the things. I'm even going to start writing an article. I'll, I'll start writing about, uh, uh, I don't know. Do you want me to write about Newcastle? I'll write about Newcastle. Cricket. I'll, I want I'll, to write I'll, about cricket. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll just I'll start getting into cricket, I guess. <laughs> that's going to be, and that's going to be the end of me, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm the Texas gentleman, Tanner Pruitt. As always with me here, the hardest working man in all of podcasting, my good friend and yours, Mags. Let's say goodbye to the people. Good night, everybody. Good night, people. (laughs) Bye-bye.